That's what I was going to say, Jamie. Like, yours are, like, way too disconnected. Yeah. There's really nothing <laughs> dangling from yours, Jamie. It's more just, like, it, well, a I, See, when you were talking about the dangly bit, I thought you were talking about, like, if you look at my left eight, like, the top isn't connected, so I thought that uh, was the dangly bit to which uh, you were no. referring. No. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the last part of it, okay, not the, the last first part of it. Yeah, like, if you I look see. at Subi, it's really got yeah. some dangly bits going on. <laughs> gotcha. Nice dangly bit, Subs. Thank, thank you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Threat Level Podcast, podcast where we talk about The Office. I'm Jamie. I'm Justin. I'm Madison. And I'm Subi. Yay. Yay. And Beth is working. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm today, a made man. <laughs> yes. So today, since the episode of, kind of revolves around people potentially transferring to different places, um, I thought we could talk about our experiences, if we have any, about transferring to a new workplace. Uh, whether that be you worked at one place and then legitimately transferred from one location to the other, or just starting a new job and sort of what things you've always found to be like the most difficult or the most interesting about such changes? Uh, so I, I spent like nine years working in restaurants mm-hmm. um, until I got this job. And this job is an office job and it's more like, so like when you're in restaurants, uh, or, you know, retail or anything where you're like, you know, bottom of the totem pole, um, your manager is always like, just like, they've also spent their whole life at the bottom of the totem pole. And then they got up a little bit and (laughs) now they're like, well, you know, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. (laughs) Uh, and so there's this, there's always this anxiety when you're working those jobs that like, I have to be like earning my money every second right now. Like I have to do something right now. Um, and it took me so long to get over that mentality whenever I transferred to this job. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, like, I don't earn my keep now. Sure. Uh, that's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> not in that sense. But in the sense of, like, you know, it's, it's okay to take a break. Like, it's okay to, um, to take a moment and, you know, reevaluate the things that you're doing at that time. Like, right. uh re like working in in a restaurant was like i i have to um figure everything out and do it or else they're going to fire me and Mm -hmm. in this job it's more like if you don't know what you're doing ask us and we'll help you and we'll if you're having trouble meeting the goals that you've set we'll help you meet those and um if you are uh you know if you feel like you don't have anything to do you know ask somebody that like and they can help you find something to do. And right. it's less like you're, we're going to get rid of you and more like we're going to help you become better. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting transition for sure. Like an entirely different domain of working. I don't know if we say domain in that way, but sure. It's a type domain. of working. I kind of remember feeling a similar sort of thing when I started teaching at IU. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what was that? Like six and a half years ago. Because was that your first teaching or your first like yeah. full time? 
that was my first teaching job. Like it was, you know, before then I had worked at Target and Hot Topic. And so, you know, largely retail things where you don't have much accountability necessarily because, you know, as you were saying, you're part of the lower totem. So like you do your job, but it doesn't really have much of an impact on other people. But then when I went like going to teaching and realizing, like, first of all, you don't really have a set number, like a set nine to five thing. Like you have the time you need mm-hmm. to be in class to be teaching. You may have office hours, but then like all of the other things that go into teaching, like lesson prepping and grading and all that stuff is done on your own time, essentially. So okay. if you're as terrible at time management as I am, <laughs> it can be rough sometimes to be like, okay, this is when you're going to work. Like I basically just do work when I feel like it. Whereas, I don't know, it might be more beneficial to actually, you know, plot out time and be like from nine to five or, you know, those will be my work time. So like I'll do prep and blah 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 but usually i'm prepping stuff at like 1 a.m so whatever Um, they don't they don't say like you have to be in the building at this time like you have to cool Mm. no complete liberty well in college anyway if you're teaching at high school or lower i think you are meant to be at the building from like you know all day i remember uh, mrs doviak and others sort of talking about that yeah um but they also have a, a larger teaching load technically because um my for me, I teach three classes, whereas, like, most high school teachers, I think, have, like, four and then also need to do, um, like, duties in terms of uh, study hall or uh, homeroom Cafeteria. and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, I do Health not... Health or gym or something. Right. Like, I do not envy um, high school teachers at all. Like, yeah. I have such right. respect for them, and I think they do such a huge amount of work for little pay. Yeah. But but yeah, it was just like a different experience going to that. And also just knowing like you're in charge of like the the education of a ton of people, you know, yeah. like my first right. semester was like 20 kids and I was like, oh my God. And I'd never yeah. thought before. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, how am I up here doing this? And it was a thing. So yeah, that transition has, has been interesting. And I think it would be, sometimes I think it would be nice to, to have a sort of like nine to five job in retail again, to be like, I just go to work. <laughs> do you know like stock the shelves straighten the shelves do all that stuff and then can uh, go home yeah. at five and be like i am free oh my gosh there's like... so many times where i'm like i just miss like, <laughs> just forgetting about work yeah <laughs> right yeah and it's tough to do that in like your position or or mine as well it's like yeah always yeah. on the back of your mind i think um <clears throat> do you sorry do you uh Oh, do you still get nervous, like, when you have a new semester coming up? Like, I mean, I know this semester you went into NYU, but, like, uh-huh. next semester do you think you're going to feel nervous? Or, like, the following semesters at IU or Butler or wherever? Do, right. do you, like, pick out your clothes for the first day of class? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. Spread about it for, like, weeks. <laughs> I do try to look, like, more presentable. Because, like, as the semester goes on, I tend to wear, like... You just become more Less. and more yes. disheveled looking. Right. <laughs> Pretty, much. Your Pretty much. Now don't judge me by my clothes. This is right. what I can I'm do. Like, right. I'm like, I got to make a good first impression. Do you but wear I, a tie I've on never, the first day? No, I've never done that. But that would be probably <coughs> the thing to do. But um, You should wear a bow tie. <laughs> I should. Maybe next semester I will. But yeah, no, I, yeah, coming to NYU, I was feeling a little nervous because it was a new teaching environment and my first semester at Butler was the same. Um, but after that, like, from semester to semester at IU after my first one, I felt it, I didn't feel nervous because I feel like, I don't know, there's not much to do anyway the first day. It's kind of like introductory stuff. So like they're getting to know you, you're getting to know them. So it's less nerve wracking. 
than one right. would expect. Um, and I feel like <clears throat> it's kind of just like public speaking now, whereas like I used to not be a fan of public speaking, but now since I public speak all the time, basically. <laughs> That's what you do as a job. <laughs> right. It's like it's it's much more natural feeling for me, I think. So, right. Yeah. I think out of um, the three of us, I'm the only one who doesn't really have to worry about work after the day is done. <laughs> the the <laughs> yeah. rest of you still can be done with work technically, but also still doing a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I don't know if I've had a, as drastic of a, a career path change as you two have. Um, I've worked retail and also at the college while I was in college, and then I transferred from one Coles in one state to a Coles in another state. And then I stopped working in retail and went into like working in an office in right. one state. And then I went to working in an office in another state. And now I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably the weirdest transition was going yeah. from getting up every morning, showering, getting in the car, driving to work and working from, you know, eight to five every day. Um, and, you know, being at the office the entire time to... Yeah. Rolling out of bed at seven fifty-five <laughs> and quickly making coffee and you know being at my desk at eight o'clock kind of thing, right? And not having like as much account like I mean I have accountability in that I still have to get work done, but like sure. if I only want to work six hours one day, you know I can just take two hours off in the middle of the <clears throat> afternoon and go grocery shopping or do laundry or something. Like it's not. Right kind of and and if I want to work into the evening instead to make up hours or work on the weekends like I can kind yeah. of you know as long as I don't go over 40 hours in one week I can work you know as as much and as I want and, and whenever I want to do it now kind of and that's right that's kind of strange but I, I like yeah, it I like sure. kind of just being by myself while I'm doing work <laughs> and uh, well I do miss like the camaraderie of, you know, having a, a cube mate and talking oh. to people during work. Like, it's also right. kind of nice just to not have to talk to people <laughs> some days, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Sorry that's I the keep dream. texting you so much. No, no. <laughs> that's not what no, I mean. That's, yeah, um, that's nice. I forget what your actual question was, Jamie. Did I, I mean, that's one? pretty much just, like, yeah, the, the interesting or, like, things you found difficult or interesting moving yeah. into a new... I, I was going to ask you about Coles, though. Okay. Like, so... You were, you know, we both basically had a similar thing going on there. Like we worked at Target and Coles respectively for like mm -hmm. the same amount of time and then transferred to a place in Bloomington. Yeah. Do you, what was your, how did you feel going to the new Coles? Like, because oh. it's the same work basically in quotes, but. Yeah. You know. I, I did not like that transition and I don't know if it was just because I had such like a close-knit group of friends mm -hmm. at the Coles in New York that I was leaving, or if it was just because the Coles in Bloomington was just shitty. I'm not sure like <laughs> which, what the reason was, but I, I never felt like I enjoyed working with the people at the Coles in Bloomington. I never yeah. really made any friends there. Mm -hmm. And like, I always kind of just like, felt awkward and out of place whenever I would go into work. I mean, fortunately, I only had to do it for a few months right. before I got the job at Author Solutions, so, like, it wasn't a huge deal. But, yeah, I just, 
I, and I feel like maybe the people there kind of felt like I was putting them out somehow because, mm-hmm. like, Coles has a policy where they, like, have <clears> to <throat> transfer people from state to state like that um, yeah. if, if you request it kind of thing. So, like, they didn't have a, a choice but to take me on, and maybe they didn't really want to be hiring somebody new right then. I don't know. Like, it was just right. – there was never, like, a – a really friendly feeling working at that mm. Coles, so I didn't yeah. particularly enjoy it. But I, no. I was yeah. only well. We moved in July, and I was out uh-huh. there by the end of November, so it wasn't like a long period of time that I had to do it for. But right, and I, and I was working at the Target even less in Bloomington for yeah. less time than that. I worked like a month there, <laughs> but I definitely felt like a similar a similar thing. Like I didn't necessarily feel feel terribly welcomed. Like. I think yeah. the the management was okay with me, but like the other people working there, like never there wasn't seem there didn't seem to be much of an effort to like get to know each other there. Right. And then also it was kind of frustrating because at the Target in um, Buffalo, I had been doing a bunch of different tasks, like working in the back room, working groceries, working like all of the different departments basically. Right. And then when I got to uh, Bloomington, was like, you know, could I get more hours doing this or that and blah, blah, blah. There was kind of, like, hesitation, like, as if I didn't know how to do the job, where I was like, no, no, I've been doing this. Like, I've worked exclusively in grocery for the past, like, three months. Like, I know how to do this. So it was kind of a weird trust issue thing, and I don't know. I I kind of had, like, the opposite experience there because mm-hmm. like when I was working in New York I worked exclusively on soft lines which is clothing and <sighs> um at the cast register and when I moved to um to Bloomington they just assumed I knew how to do hard lines which is like everything uh, else yeah. in the store that's not clothing and I'd never worked in that department before and my very very first shift that they put me on was like a 10 hour overnight shift doing <laughs> stuff with hard lines I'd never worked overnight shifts because the one in New York didn't do them and I had never worked in soft lines before and they were just like oh yeah you could do this and I'm like I don't think I can <laughs> right. so I was kind of fumbling my way blindly through all of that yeah hmm. i think it's on to you subi now yeah your, oh yeah job, job experiences um, yeah so <laughs> I, I worked at taco bell i wasn't there long oh. enough to like have to work the um the line to like make food so i worked Did you get free food at taco bell we got one free taco every, or like one free item every day and so tacos I, are like a dollar <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like the taco i made was like if I actually bought it, it would be like eight dollars. <laughs> okay, okay, so you, you okay. made the most of it. Good. Yeah, it, it was like a burrito with potatoes and extra chicken and nice. fancy sauce and like. Nice. Fancy, is that the technical name? Yeah, fancy yeah, sauce. Fancy sauce. Is it really? I, I don't know. It, it <laughs> was I was like, like, what? Fancy sauce. This was a while ago that you worked there, though, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like 2012, I think. Okay. And yeah. then you went into med school. Yeah. And and now it, it, it's it's kind of nice because I'm no longer at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You're like one step above the, yeah. the med students oh, and then you. Oh, I push them around. <laughs> oh, man, the med students, they hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm actually very nice to the med students because I remember what it was like. Unlike the other, some of the other interns where they're like, you know, they, they go hard on the med students, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, like, I think for me, it, like, what I noticed about working is that, you know, there's so many things they don't teach you in med school. Like, there are things that they kind of, like, they kind of waste time. Like, mm-hmm. you learn things that you kind of don't need to know uh, when you're working in, like, a 
clinical setting, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it take it took a little while to get the hang of it, and like every place kind of does things their own way. So, There's and, not like one universal way that the hospital is running. Right, right. Every yeah. place does is, does things its own way, and yeah, it's it takes a little while to get the hang of like how the day to day operations of a place are. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Working How do you feel the... about, like, the level of responsibility you have? Because out of the four of us, you arguably have... Or the three of us. How many of us are? I don't know. You <laughs> arguably have... You arguably, <laughs> arguably have the most responsible position. Um, well... In terms of, like, not killing people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My, my job is, no. you know, yeah. oh. people's lives yeah. in all the time. Yeah, yeah. With like... those math textbooks. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, like, like you do certain things and you kind of like, you know what to do. Uh, but at any time I, I'm confused about anything, I ask yeah. others and I ask mm-hmm. my attending. And basically my attending basically signs off on everything I do. Yeah, so, like, so he doesn't like at this point make right. any decisions that aren't approved right. by a, a, an attendant. Exactly. Doctor. So. Okay. So if he's wrong, the attending in theory should not let him kill somebody. Right, <laughs> right. And like, you... right. Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh. Uh, so are you at the point where, uh, like, as you are filling this out, you know that your attending is going to sign off on it? Like, you don't, like, are you reaching the point where you feel like you're not going to need an attending? No, I think it'll be a while before, like, maybe at least a year before I get to the point where... Uh, I won't need an attending. And I will have an attending from the four years I'm there. For the okay. four years of the residency. Of, yeah. yeah. I guess after four years, you'll have accumulated a bunch of experience to feel more comfortable like making those That's probably the goal. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. yeah. After I mean, four years, hopefully right. you won't kill anybody. Right. right. Yeah. I was just curious because like... Oh. Go ahead. Hopefully, no, hopefully I won't kill too many people. Yeah. <laughs> too many. Yeah. The odd casualty here and there. Right. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say, like, anytime watching even, like, I know that, like, med, sh- like, those med shows, like, Chicago mm-hmm. Med and stuff are probably, like, over-dramatized and whatever. Yeah. But, like, watching, and that's all about ER stuff as well, but, like, watching those when people are like, okay, now, we're going to give them 250 milligrams of epinephrine or whatever, and I'm yeah. like, those are very precise measurements, and I'm like, how would you ever know how much is an acceptable dose without, like, murdering people? I don't know. Without using a calculator. Right. They're like they're like algorithms they follow, and you know I, I'm not involved in critical care, so yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, so do you know if that was an acceptable amount of epinephrine? If that person, seems like it's too much. <laughs> How much epinephrine <laughs> was it? It was 250 milligrams. That sounds like a lot, <laughs> doesn't it? Even after I said it, I was like, that seems like that would kill someone uh, for sure. I don't I even think know epinephrine. One does. milligram of epinephrine. <laughs> Yeah, it's 250 times yeah. too much. Yeah, oh, their, their blood vessels would all just like constrict it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fatal this is not medical advice. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, this podcast does not provide medical advice. Yeah, please do not listen yeah. to that. We should probably start school. putting that as our disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. Start of every podcast. Yeah, that should be should. our cold open. This, this, med- <laughs> this podcast should not be a substitute for actual medical advice from a professional doctor. Please consult Doctor Oz. <laughs> please, or, or Dr. Phil. please consult your yes. actual physician. Dr. Phil would be the best doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Eat you more avocados. Your <laughs> uh, get your avocado toast and then have people 
call you a millennial. And, <laughs> anyway. Okay, I eat avocado toast. Get out of town. <laughs> that, that's why we can't afford a house. Oh, my God. There was... <laughs> There was the best because moment. of my obnoxious consumption yes. of avocados. Yes. There you was the eat best more moment. avocados than I do. There was this best moment the other day when I was in this coffee shop in Brooklyn. And it's a very, like, sort of, like, hometown type feel. So this woman makes, like, uh, grits and things like that. And, and people came in and they were like, oh, do you have any avocado toast? And the woman was gave the look and she's like, no. Yeah. And then <laughs> they left. But it was the best thing. We actually, that coffee shop was real cute, too. But now we I don't actually live in consume a lot of avocados in this household. I buy like <laughs> six or eight of them a week. <laughs> Damn. I mean, hey. Not <coughs> all on toast, usually in dishes. You can't help what people take and ruin. You know, pumpkin spice lattes were great at one point in our yeah. lives. It's true. <clears throat> I still love a pumpkin scone or like a pumpkin donut. Well, I love pumpkin everything. <laughs> and like avocados, if the sense I, everything I cook now is vegan, they're like a yeah. really good if substitute to put in something for like a cream sauce. So if you're mm-hmm. making like yeah. chili, putting a big glop of you know mashed up avocado in it kind of acts like sour cream or something in it. Yeah, you know, it mm-hmm. gives it that creamy feel, right. mouth feel, <laughs> that creamy mouth feel. Speaking of mouth feels, <laughs> that <laughs> brings us. Uh, to... I was hoping for speaking of chili. Season three. <laughs> Episode uh, seven? Seven. Yes. Which is called Don't Branch Don't get distracted Closing. by all of the eights you probably drew on your paper. <laughs> I did. I was like, wait, where is the actual title here? And then there's Coles underlined. Anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, Branch Closing, which aired originally on November 9th, 2006. And did you happen to look at the writer, Justin? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. I, I, I saw Michael Shore's name. I, I think it's him. All right. Let's just go with that. Yeah. It was my <laughs> Mose. Yep. Let's see what else. What other yep. Michael Schur, Yeah. Um, who also directed? Oh, that's Mose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Directed the Alliance. Ooh, Office Olympics. Oh. Um, the best episode so far. Yep. Let's <laughs> see, Dunder Mifflin Infinity. Mm. Oh. Oh, he directed the um, the return, the negotiation, and the job, which okay. I feel, yeah, that's where. Uh, okay, Michael goes to job, get a job in corporate. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And the reason for the nice segue that I did is due to this wonderful cold open, oh, which I know. is one of the best. This about... is one of Jim's. Uh, Best pranks. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how uh, Stanley almost got scalded by hot coffee. He doesn't <laughs> like anything about Jim. Critically oh injured. It's so the, funny. The but the pr- scene, like seeing Dwight sprint across the office <laughs> and smash the cup right out of his hand and is like, the best thing. The, the prank is that Dwight actually believes he is faxing right. himself from the future. Like, right. How would that even work? You can't fax a different time. <laughs> no, you just like set the time and then you send the fax. Yeah. yeah. Everyone just forgets about that feature. <laughs> Mostly because they don't exist, basically. You don't know what fax machines are going to look like in the future. That's true. But they probably wouldn't be compatible with the ones in the past. <laughs> well, they're all 
backwards compatibility is like this is not adobe software (laughs) whenever when time travel really took off in the future uh backwards compatibility became really vogue when time travel became took off in the future yes i'm trying to process that sentence I think Justin just revealed to us when that he's time from the travel future. will really have t- took off in the future. When time travel will have taken off in the future. I, I think that's the yes. correct test. Nope. It will become Vogue. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I just love this whole thing. I love that Karen also just doesn't really push the subject too much. She's like, oh, you're faxing someone this early? And he's like, it's tough to None of your business, Karen. Well, and also, like, how does Dwight not make the correlation that his future self didn't start faxing him until after Jim left. Right. Like, <laughs> that seems suspect. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, maybe, this is really maybe, Dwight's fault for falling into that trap. Maybe Jim only pretended to leave and then, but he really like hung around and started like poisoning the coffee and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, it was... I really like that cold open. I yeah, that one was best. one yeah. of my favorites. And just my, one of my favorite gym pranks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. But then and the then, rest of this episode is all... Yeah, then it kind of goes downhill from there, mood-wise. Everybody is yeah. much less yeah. uplifted. <laughs> and this episode, for me, is weird because there's, like, not much happening, but also, like, a ton of different small yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels, watching the episode, like it would feel that day in the office. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just kind of, like hectic and yeah and like one of the weird things for me is usually i don't like michael and Mm -hmm. i actually like kind of really felt for him in this episode like his reaction of like how (laughs) devastated he was seems so sincere that face he makes (laughs) yeah Yeah, this is the worst face this is the worst and like and like like going around as a meme yeah (laughs) for like for for michael like it's not just losing his job like this is his family and his friends and his Mm -hmm. workplace kind of all rolled into one thing he doesn't have anything else in his life really going on for him so like this is kind of a really like a devastating loss for him finding out that not only is the scranton branch closing but he's not going to be transferred to connecticut which is like (laughs) i can just imagine it's like his whole world is kind of just falling apart in front of him you know i I did love that jan tried to hedge that like whether or not he was going to be (laughs) transferred or not she's like Decisions aren't final, but you're a severance bad. <laughs> um, I, I bet it brought a lot of memories of, like, the Jeff time of his life back. I'm sorry. The Jeff time? The Jeff time. Yeah. The, no, I'm sorry, Scooter. Just talk like a valley girl. Uh, <laughs> well, that was, uh, you should have Scooter out. next to you for this podcast so he can participate. It sounded like, like a Mary-Kate and Ashley toy phone. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, like the 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 Jeff time in his life where his mom is like dating Jeff. Oh yeah. And oh. Like, <laughs> he has to sort through all of his familial oh. uh, relationships. Yeah. <clears throat> Poor Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I of course in regular Michael fashion he can't really stay quiet about anything. No. I, just love how just walk I don't know like, why Jan thought that he would be able to ex- keep that right. quiet. Yeah. Like, right. And like, why? Like, I get why you would come to the office to tell him that, but yeah. like, you, you came to the office to tell him 
not about it. Like, you, <laughs> like the decision wasn't made yet, You but you went to the office to tell him that the decision wasn't made yet. And it's not like it's right down the road. It's like a yeah. hundred miles right. away from yeah. the drive. Yeah. Yeah, she proclaims later that she's made like... 400 miles. Like, yeah, 400 miles or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Maybe she just wanted to tell Michael because she... She wanted to hurt him. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. Like, like I, I hurt, hurt you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that he sings her in as she's coming to the <laughs> So, like, when Jan is in Michael's office, she says that, like, a small number of people will be transfers and everybody else will be severance packages. Who yeah. do we think, like, would have been transferred if the Scranton branch actually had closed? Who from Scranton uh, do we think would have actually been transferred to Connecticut? I could I, see Dwight being transferred. Yeah. I think it would yeah. have been, I have three people, and I think it would have been Dwight, because he's, like, the top, top salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby, because uh-huh. you can never have, like, too many HR people. And <laughs> somehow Creed would have managed <laughs> oh, to make the cut. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have ended up there in some way that he didn't even understand. <laughs> yeah, Creed, Creed is a survivor. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, during, like, a... A, a zombie apocalypse or a natural disaster, yeah. Creed would come out unscathed. Oh, yeah. 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 Like no, Creed is the, the best local... in this episode. Like... Creed already has a connection in Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like him taking pictures and then selling all of the equipment online. I know. <laughs> Creed in this best. episode is my favorite. <laughs> but just like you... Meredith congratulates him later. Do you yes. guys think that um, anybody else besides those three would have made the cut to have been I think transferred? Angela. I was going to say, either Angela or Oscar I could see going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot oh, yeah, about Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. They might yeah. have to, like, obligate, like, be obligated to keep him on after everything that happened. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is that in the past now? Well, he's yep. not but... back on yet. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, he's still on his three-month sabbatical or whatever he got there. Oh, that's so right. They yeah. might be obligated to like yeah. offer him a job though, just because that makes of what sense. happened. To us time travelers, where episodes happen is just really fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even me, um, I'm like, oh yeah, he wasn't in there today. I guess no, not. No, he hasn't been in there. Not yet. I don't know when he goes, comes back. I don't know what that says about his presence soon. if <laughs> if I can't remember if he's there or not. But it's kind of like the episode when you try to figure out if Stanley has a mustache or not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But the thing about Dwight, though, is, like, I think he almost definitely would be asked to transfer, but because his farm is oh, nearby, oh, I don't yeah. think he would move. And Moe's, yeah. And Moe's, yeah. yeah. I don't think he would go. Yeah, yeah that's... And that, and Michael yeah. wouldn't be going, so he wouldn't feel, like, that obligation right. to go. Like, or if Michael yeah, had transferred I don't think he would care, well. really. Um, because, like, he has his B&B and everything, and, mm-hmm. like, he gets a job at Staples. Like, I don't <laughs> think that he really is attached to the... Like, he's attached to the company because they're paying him, but if somebody else were to come and pay him more... Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. That's... Yeah, that's true. I think they would yeah. at least offer it to him, though. Yeah, but they he would. he might not go. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I think I Stanley they... clearly was ready to get out, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, if, if they're going to transfer one salesperson and they offer it to a Dwight and he doesn't take it... Who else would there like to be to choose from at that mm. point? Meredith or not uh, Meredith? Um, <clears throat> Phyllis and Stanley. Stanley yeah, Stanley, Stanley is, wouldn't go, and Phyllis is say, you know engaged to advance refrigeration, so I don't think he would go either. <laughs> to the company. <laughs> to the company. Yep. 
and you can't move that company so i guess maybe ryan he's a full sales person now but yeah but like he would be the very last one because like right. nobody else yeah, would go true, yeah well, yeah yeah. And, like, they bring over, like, eight people from Stanford. Like, it's not a small move. They yeah. they yeah. brought a lot of people. Yeah, they thin out real quick, but... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. Kelly, yeah. def- well, I wonder if Kelly would be transferred. I don't think so. Mm. Kelly's replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> there are literally Same billions of people just like her. <laughs> <laughs> Although Meredith is saving the company a ton of money, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't know that yet. No, they don't. Let me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it was fun to see, like, everyone's reaction in terms of, like, what's going on. Like, Pam jubilant about the fact that she's leaving. Stanley. Like, so Stanley's happy. Stanley's super excited. You, I think he was happier now than on Pretzel Day. Yeah, Pretzel Day all over <laughs> I think <again>. so. <laughs> Phyllis, of course, was sad. And I, I, I felt bad for her when she was, like, just trying to get everyone to go to lunch. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Kevin's just Kevin and Angela are just like <laughs> fighting over it. Like yeah. I feel the same way when people tell us that we're going out to lunch or happy hour or something. Like yeah. I just don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> You're like, like, is this really an obligation? Cause yeah. <laughs> please don't ask me. I would love. I would happily go to lunch with Phyllis though. <laughs> <laughs> she could sit across from you knitting her scarf. Yeah, we could knit together. <laughs> I love that shot where Michael like was just told by Jan and then he walks out in the office and like nobody's doing anything. I know. <laughs> I know. I love that too where he's like He's trying to make me. the argument that these people aren't replaceable but yet yeah. they're doing their work. <laughs> there there is no Stanley tree. <laughs> or like show me the farm where Phyllis is and Kevin's sprouting up all over the place. Right for the picking. <laughs> so good. Yeah, like Creed's eating mung beans or something. <laughs> yeah. I love Kevin's, like, he passes a football to himself, but, like, his arm is, like, running out into the field. Right. <laughs> Stanley's just doing his crosswords or Sudoku or something. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I do love later on when Jan comes in and no one's doing anything. I know. Even Phyllis has her feet up, like... Like the office is a mess. Yeah. yeah. All the all the computers are gone because Yeah, no, it was it was it was fun seeing the chaos of the office for sure. Yeah. Weird that uh Bob Vance Vance Refrigeration bought the warehouse like before it had happened. Right. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Maybe, like, just everything in that building that, like, all of the businesses that ship things out all ship them out from the same warehouse. So, like, just one of the companies needs to own it, and maybe he just has the most stuff going out with all of his refrigerator storage, so Mm -hmm. he just purchased the warehouse and, like, Like, it was, like, coincidentally aligned with that? Yeah, like, maybe it had happened months before that, you know, and he just, like, was renting the space out to the other businesses at Mm. that point or whatever. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But I and can see refrigerators around... would take up a lot more room than paper, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that brings around the whole, like, weird thing with Roy and Pam, and I oh, just don't... I just I want them behind it. to let it go. Like, just let, <laughs> let Roy go. I, I mean, it's it's tough weirdness. because, like, he's being very, like, sweet, and, like, he seems to really care for her, but... But you know that's if they got back together, acts. he right. would go back to being the absolute jerk that he was before right and that's the exact reason that people fall into traps of like Mm -hmm. being in 
in like harmful relationships. Yeah. Because there's a period yeah. where the person's like, oh right, I can't live without Pam, so I need to be real nice to her. But then, you know, grass yeah. is kind of always greener. So. <sighs> uh, yeah. Frustrating. I, I, definitely don't like the fact that they keep bringing Roy up and just like just let it go let it go let, <laughs> let it go, go. <laughs> let it go let it go um, here we go <laughs> oh my god let, let yeah, it so, go go <laughs> it's just so frustrating <sighs> yeah, so Stanford um <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah what do we so what do we think about Josh's move I mean I can, we've, everyone has admitted, even in this episode, people are like, it doesn't make sense to be a small paper company in the world anymore. Like, it's not financially, right. yeah. like, viable. So I can understand him making a move to get a higher paying job in a store that has a more secure future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense, although, like, it is kind of shitty to use your promotion as leverage to get out of a job because presumably he's been telling them like yeah i'm totally behind this merge like i that's shitty for sure yeah i mean and i can i can see it both ways because like clearly before this point the job at staples wasn't a sure thing so he wouldn't want to be like well i might be leaving you guys for a better Mm. job until you know that it's actually going to happen um but it's it is like a shitty way to kind of go about it but I don't know, yeah. like... He kind of did what uh, Dunder Mifflin did to Scranton, you know? That's sort of... Like, weird. he's looking out for himself, and <laughs> yeah. Dunder Mifflin's looking out for... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think that, like... Like, I feel like the imbalance here is that he, Staples knows about Dunder Mifflin and about mm-hmm. Josh's position in Dunder Mifflin, but Dunder Mifflin doesn't know about Josh's position with Staples. Mm. And, like, he never gave them the option of, like... You know, Staples approached me. First of all, if Staples approached him, then I un- like it's a little more understandable. But if he yeah. went out and sought a new position at Staples because of this, like that is yeah. like yeah. that's real scummy. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But he also never <clears throat> gave Dunder Mifflin the option of like, Operative so like, what can you do to keep me on? Right. Or yeah. like, can you like you need to prepare for a backup because I might not be here if this, uh, if right. if I like that option better. Right. Yeah, they should have given him time to at least, yeah, make another offer to him, but... Oh, well. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of, like... I I couldn't be the person who, like, did that. when And I was actually in a position sort of like that before I moved to Erie. Um, One of the managers (laughs) at Author Solutions had come to talk to me and told me that I should apply for there was a management position opening in a different department um, that I had used to work in. And she's like, you know, you would be a good applicant. You should apply for the job. And I just said, you know, thanks. Um, I'll think about it. But I already was in correspondence with um, Larson Text and thinking that I was going to be moving to Pennsylvania. So, like, I right. I didn't apply for it for that reason. But because like, yeah. I, I just, it would just be shitty to, like, do that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And how, like, how terrible must the Stanford branch be that only one person can handle this? Right. Like, yeah. no one person should be that irreplaceable in a yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That you have to completely shut down a different branch and, <laughs> yeah. like, move because everybody I to feel a like, different... <clears throat> like, the logical course of action once they found out that josh was going to leave would have not been to close the scranton branch or to to close the connecticut branch it would have been to 
just move Michael Scott to Connecticut <laughs> and have him yeah. be like the manager there and keep everything else the way that they had been planning or, on doing it, you know? Or have right. Jim be the manager. Or, or yeah, mm-hmm. like just give somebody else the management position. He would have been numbered. The, um, yeah. at, at Stanford instead, you know? Like, right. don't just close the Stanford branch. That <laughs> seems kind right. of drastic, but... Because, like, Josh is the manager, but he's not, like, the sale. Like, he doesn't do any sales right. or anything. So, like, all the money coming into the company is in Connecticut or around right. Connecticut from right. those salespeople. Well, and I have to wonder, like, is it really financially viable to, like, move your entire company to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and yet still be in charge of distributing paper throughout the entire Northeast? Yeah. Like, is that... That's, I would like to know what the cost is. Pretty giant warehouse that Vance Refrigeration is renting <laughs> yeah. out. Right. Like now, yeah, because now they've at least doubled their orders. So it's just kind of chaotic. <clears throat> hmm. Well, yeah, medical not, advice and economist. Advice, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do love all of the, the business decisions that Dunder Mifflin makes that just don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Dunder kind of Infinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is and just Wolf. the worst run Remember company. Wolf? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who could forget Wolf? Wolf was like Ryan's brainchild. Yeah. 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 So was Dunder Mifflin Infinity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it's like when he's working like a... out of the closet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh, oh man, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, what else is going on? Jim and Karen? Yeah, there's the whole Jim Karen thing. Yeah, that that is predictable, you know, that Karen likes Jim, I feel like everybody would know that. Do we think that Jim likes Karen at this point? Yeah, let's draw the timeline here. So it's Jim doesn't... (laughs) Jim, uh, (laughs) Jim, this is tough. Jim talks to Jan and says, I am not going back to Scranton. Uh... And so he is he is against it because he does not want to see Pam right. again. Right. And then he is seen like or, or, no, then he talks to Karen and says like you should move to New York. What would you what would you go to Scranton for? Like he's not planning on going to New York. He's planning on staying in Connecticut and he tells Karen to go to New York. And then you see him like struggling in his head and then he <laughs> says, "Oh, okay. I'm going to Scranton and I think you should go to Scranton too." <laughs> the only reason Jim wants to go back to Scranton is because Karen is coming with him because he wants to go back with Karen to Upset be him. okay with seeing Pam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a monster. He's <laughs> the worst. Jim is the worst. He is, he is yeah, the it does worst. Seem he's that, very yeah. confused. <clears throat> Right. No, it definitely does seem that. Unless, like, he didn't, he somehow did not pick up on the fact that Karen liked him until he was like, you should move to New York, and saw, like, the disappointment in her maybe, face or something. Maybe, maybe that didn't occur to him or something, yeah. But, I mean, come on. Come on. You got her her chips. Do we were... think that, like, how does Pam feel about the idea of seeing Jim? She seems kind of worried, too, because, like, the first thing she asks is kind of, like, who's coming? But, like, is she worried or is she and, like... eager? an excited hmm. way or in like a I don't want this to happen way because I kind of got the feeling that yeah. she liked the idea that Jim might be coming back yeah. that was kind of how I read probably her. because you know she has been reaching out to him by like calling him trying to get in touch with him during Diwali and stuff like that so. yeah that's true and she uh, was really happy about leaving and then at the end of the episode she is still really happy and she says this is good too because yeah. she finds out that like Jim's coming back yeah mm. that's I did true. like I did like that Ryan was like apparently nervous about Jim coming back. 
you know. I did like that Ryan is just a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> in this <Yes>. episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's just yeah. I don't even I don't even have words for that whole thing. Neither like did the Ryan. Saga, I. The saga continues. I just I went to high school with a guy just like that. Like <laughs> that like he just it it's this weird sort of like pushing away his girlfriend constantly yeah. but like they're just always all over each other all right well that's Weird. exactly what ryan does always like he <laughs> is very standoffish with her up until the point that someone else is interested like when daryl <laughs> yeah. is interested <laughs> oh, yeah. in her yeah he's like real upset about it that's true Ugh. talk about another disaster of a relationship oh yeah but they're both disasters so they can be a disaster together i guess <laughs> Yeah. Well, yep. Things work out well for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, they run off into the sunset or whatever. Yep. He abandons his child and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Drake. Uh, Drake, yes. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much. Oh, I guess there's the whole thing about, like, Michael and Dwight attempting to. Oh, like, yeah. That. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole story. Do line. something. I don't even know. I was that just was, more I mean... frustrated that he didn't bother to check his phone. Ever. I know. Yeah. And, like, when they did call him, he just decides not to answer it. Right. And oh, they just, on. like, sit on David Wallace's stoop <laughs> waiting for right. him to show up, and he never does. I, I do I, I do love the reaction at the end when they're like, we did it! We did it! How, how did we do it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was, that was worth it all. <laughs> I don't understand. Um... Yeah, no, it, I mean, it was nice to, to see Michael and Dwight sort of hanging out, but there wasn't, there wasn't much going on, I feel. Not really, no. Not enough to justify them standing outside his house. <laughs> yeah. But, that was a weird, like, I feel like every time we cut back to them, I felt like the time slowed down. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like, it was like, just like, this is, this is just dragging on. And, yeah. like, where is David Wallace? He's not at work, and he's not at home. Maybe right. he's out drinking because his branches are closing. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. They should have checked the local bars. <laughs> should have. Maybe he's at Poor Richard's waiting for everyone else to get there later. <laughs> <laughs> I did love when they, they learned that the branch, when they learned that Scranton's staying open. I liked um, how, like, happy everyone was, and I found it funny that Angela and Kevin are, like, hugging. <laughs> hugging, yeah. And Phyllis runs to Stanley. Like, that's predictable. But, like, Kevin and Angela, I was like, what? <laughs> there's a couple of weird <laughs> Kevin moments in this episode because there's, like, when when Angela hugs Kevin and then, like, Kevin talking to Pam at yeah. the beginning of the episode where right. her, she's like, I don't know, Kev. Like, right. Well, at least are they Pam, on like, nickname basis with each other? <laughs> well, like, I don't at least know. Pam kind of, like, shows that it's weird. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll let you know, or whatever, and like does a very slow fist you bump, it, which buddy. I didn't know fist bumps were a thing in 2006, but apparently. But wait, are you saying that's too early or too late for a fist bump? I thought it was too early. Did people fist bump back then? I feel like people fist bumped in like the 80s. No, I have no idea. But yeah, it was. And Angela, too, like, had a couple of weird moments, like, being all flirty with Roy. My note actually oh, says know. Angela. F- like... My note says Angela flirts with Angela, so I miswrote that. But... <laughs> you're, you're very strong and capable. <laughs> right. And then later on, when Roy's at Pam's desk when they're leaving for poor Richard, she's, like, being all, like, f- 
giggly and like bye ha, 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 and like walks away. Yeah. <laughs> is it very Dwight's weird. not there? Is, is that what? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she's having the cravings and she's just gotta the kick cravings. him out. The cravings. There's, there's no one to go down into the warehouse with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> the cravings. <laughs> I don't know. Urges is what we say, I guess. <laughs> the cravings. <laughs> like she's hungry for a cheeseburger. <laughs> she's hungry for cookie is what he's hungry for. <laughs> Anyway, I, <laughs> we also get a glimpse into uh, Andy's temper here, too. Yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. Do we think, like, when he's throwing all of the napkins around in the, the break room area, <laughs> is he upset that his branch is closing or that Jim didn't know he went to Cornell? <laughs> I think he's just upset that the branch is closing. Although, <laughs> I, I kind of think it's that Jim didn't know he went to Cornell. <laughs> his look when Jim is like, oh, where'd you go to school? It's definitely good. It's, it's quality work there. That's, that's good acting right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean... I think. Oh, we also there's also Meredith's sex deal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I love that she just doesn't know. Like talking to <laughs> she Michael. She can't remember who she said. And she I love. Have sex and with. I love that Michael's just like the day just gets worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> like with, between gritted teeth. I'm like, that's so funny. And Toby's just kind of like horrified. I know. <laughs> and though even though when she finally figures it out, the guy she she like neglects to tell him that the branch is actually staying. Uh, she's just like, can you be at my house in 20 minutes? <laughs> Which, like, is he working at the warehouse still? Didn't he say he's calling from the warehouse? No, he no, said he from said back from the in old the days. old days, yeah. So he oh, so he must be working quit. somewhere else. Gotcha. He sounds like the guy um, from Animal Control in Parks and Recreation. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it is. A little far away, though. Yeah. <laughs> to be there in 20. <laughs> As soon as he heard about the branch, he started driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Florida. Be there in 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the main the main things, I think, that happened. Yeah, that's kind of all the little anything. scattered storylines. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, because, like, there's not... The overall arc is, like, Scranton's closing, oh, no, it's not. Right. And where then the there's, rest just, like, all like, these little things that yeah. kind of happen. And I kind of like that. Like, like a chain reaction of events, right. you know? And as Justin was saying, like, it felt like it would have felt that day. Like, so yeah. hectic and stuff. Confusing. Um, yeah. I really liked that. But, yeah. Did we, so uh... do you... What? Do you have any quotes that are lingering? That's I think we kind of, like, sprouted those I have, I have one more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love to start my day with a hearty bowl of jam. <laughs> 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 like what's like what does he mean? Like what's he substituting Jan for? Her jam. Brand like, no, oh, oh brand. Oh. Oh. Nice. I assume that's oh. what it was. Nice. I assume that's what he meant. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Oh my god. That's the only yeah. other quote I had. I don't think uh, I have any other. Mine was uh you walk so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Just traitor. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't more flipped out at Toby, honestly. <laughs> he was just he, too devastated to even be angry at Toby. He needed to be their fearless leader. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, and also when uh, they're doing... Uh, when uh, Dwight asks Michael what he's going to say, he's just like, I will improvise. I will speak from the heart. 
And Dwight's like, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But then later on, he's when they, he asks him to redo the sketch or whatever, he's like, don't touch me this time. <laughs> Act more afraid of me. Yeah, he would be more afraid. Um, yeah. What about um, Dundees? Do you have a Dundee to throw at someone? Um, I do. Ooh, My Dundee is going to Josh for saving the Scranton branch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Without you, Thank you, I Josh, have no for show. allowing the series to continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this series almost ended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? Yeah. That's why I gave Josh a Dundee. He <laughs> saved the office. Very deserving. I'll uh, give a I'll give a joint Dundee to uh, Creed and Meredith for just. Really making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give the good boy Dundee to David Wallace's dog. Oh. <laughs> for being a good boy. <laughs> Very fair. Um, God, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I think that Phyllis deserves a Dundee just for everyone being sort of like nonchalant about the closing when she's really really sad Aww. so i'm gonna give a cheer up dundee to, <laughs> to phyllis but yeah what about trivia i actually have a lot of trivia questions so Ooh, probably good. someone like, like you guys nine. should go first so i don't steal everybody's <laughs> trivia questions i have like seven of them oh wow. <laughs> oh shit i know oh my gosh i don't know how it happened <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll ask. I'll go ahead and ask some. So, the first one is, what is the name of the guy with whom Meredith actually did make the sex deal? Gary Trendell. Yes, that was one of them. <laughs> Check. <laughs> How many people are working in Scranton Branch? Fifteen, right? Yeah. Fifteen. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. Was that like mentioned? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. When Michael's, Michael's like, I lost like, 15 people there. Yelling at David Wallace. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, how many? Dwight did a really. Uh, no, yeah, go ahead. Dwight did a really good impression of David Wallace. Like, yeah. like just like. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, yeah, definitely. Calmly laying out the reasons for why right. the branch has to close. <laughs> doesn't it? Just wasn't what Michael wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> he just wanted David Wallace to be afraid of him. <laughs> right. Oh man. How many, the, la, the next question I have is, how many business cards did Ryan order? 1,000. <laughs> yep, 1,000. That, that was really one of your other questions, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this isn't a question, but I wanted to talk about briefly the fact that Michael talks about the Michael Moore documentaries. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, he's like, I really like them, except bowling for Columbine. <laughs> I really thought that was going to be about bowling. Which is really funny. Um, like Kingpin. Right, like Kingpin. Um, I think that's actually all I have. I'm trying to see if anything else, but I don't think so. So I will defer to someone else. I, I, have, I have a few. Um, so uh, Pam says to, uh, like the thing she writes for uh, Kelly, she says, uh, <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. What's that from? Um. Kelly's office directory. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> it's like is that... oh, go ahead. No, I actually don't know. Go ahead. Uh, it's from uh, it's, I think it's a lyric from the, a song by the Grateful Dead. 
Oh. And they're, they're, they're such a weird band. Like, they're, they're like, really, they have a feverish, like, cult following. Yeah. And, like, people... And apparently you're part of it, if no, you know this. I, no, I know about the cult following. Like, <laughs> but you knew the quote from the song. Right. Like, you watched a documentary about deadheads. Dead Is that what they're called? Yeah, that's what they're called. <laughs> yeah, and oh it's, like, goodness. yeah, like, people just have been following the band for years, and... Their shows go go on forever, and, and you have to be on drugs to enjoy it. You must and, uh, be. Yeah, like you absolutely have to be. Otherwise, it's just horrible. <laughs> One of my coworkers uh, just absolutely loves The Grateful Dead. Like it is like close to all that he listens to. Yeah. And so like we'll be doing something, and like we'll be like entering a date, and so I'll be like you know six seven twenty sixteen, and then he'll be like six like June seventh. That was. Uh, I think it was like June seventh, twenty or nineteen seventy three. That was a great dead concert. Yeah. Like he knows like all of these concert <laughs> dates. Yeah. Oh, because like that's how they release their because they're a jam band. Like they right. Uh, yeah. Jam band. Yeah. Like all of their all of their concerts are supposedly different. I don't know. I'm not into them. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. not that's weird. Really indulge. I myself. struggle to think of like song titles. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard any of their songs. I'm trying to think if I did. Yeah, I'm not sure. How did you know? I that feel like was it's like quote? Bruce Springsteen, where like you know the songs, but you've like don't know that it's him. Hmm. Could be. Uh, oh, uh, before you continue, I wanted to throw in an extra little factoid. <laughs> Apparently, the guy who voiced Gary Trendell was Paul Lieberstein. Is that Toby? Toby. Yeah. So it was Toby. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so good. In a way. Is that does that mean that Gary Trendell is the Scranton Strangler? Oh, it's, oh, it's what, Toby's oh, it's like, like his other split personality. personality. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. He used to work in the warehouse and he was in love with Meredith, but that didn't work out, so he became an HR representative and a Scranton Strangler. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I uh, wonder what Meredith did when she showed up at her house and Toby was there. <laughs> she probably just had sex with him. Yeah, she's like, right. I mean, she it's a man. dick. <laughs> a dick. Um, so uh, when uh, Michael and Dwight are uh, outside um, uh, David Wallace's house uh, and they're in the car, what mm-hmm. brand of chips is on the dashboard of their car? Funyuns? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It made me want one. It's the only reason. <laughs> I don't think I've really ever pe- had a Funyuns. Oh I can't stand Funyuns. I'm just feeling real peckish right now. So, isn't <laughs> like a is Bethany like the Bethany's... one who like loves Funyuns? Yeah, they're like yeah. her favorite snacks. Oh. That's what I thought. <laughs> we never agree on snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always just for a bag of salt and vinegar chips, frankly. Those are good too. Why don't I wish they just made like vinegar chips? Like no salt, just vinegar. <laughs> no salt. I mean, yeah. <coughs> yeah, that's it for me. Oh, okay. What about you, Justin? Uh, I was going to write down how many pumpkins are in front of David Wallace's house. Uh, two. Two. I think it's three. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't write it down. <laughs> Was that David your Wallace's that's house. it, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> David Wallace's house had, like, weirdly, like, he had pumpkins, and he also had, like, a Christmas wreath. So it's like, what holiday are they actually on at this point in the series? Right. I don't know. All right, it's well, like I... post, 
post-Halloween, I guess. But... I still have four questions left to ask. <clears throat> okay. What kind of dog does David Wallace have? A golden retriever. A good yes, boy. A good boy. I figured you I would f- know that after your, your Dundee. <laughs> I feel like I don't remember even seeing the dog. You only see a shot of him when Dwight is going through the trash. <laughs> like, in the background, there's a golden retriever oh. standing behind the, the fence there. Oh, okay. Oh, is that why they pan over to it? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. He, the dog's not doing anything. It's just, trash. like, standing there being a good boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just a good boy. <laughs> wow. Um, at the beginning of the episode, when Jan comes in to tell Michael about the branch closing, something starts moving on Michael's desk. What was it? <laughs> it's the mouth or, like, the teeth thing. Yeah, the, <laughs> the chattering teeth. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, oh, actually, I guess I only have one, one more question. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I thought it was two, but it's just one. <laughs> what is the name of the book that Dwight says Michael is writing about his life? <laughs> That is, something weird is going on, colon, what did Jan say? The Michael Scott story by Michael Scott with Dwight Schrute. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yep. Man. That was good. What are you guys going to rate this episode? I'm going to give it a four out of five random sex hookups. <laughs> Um, like you said, like it, it was kind of a very well done episode for like the, the subject matter, you know, well, there wasn't a whole lot of like, uh, just flat out jokes, but the, it was, it was, it was done really well with kind yeah. of the, the chaos that ensued after the news was released. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a 4.5 out of five, uh, coffee grounds to disguise the smell of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, I am also going to give it a four out of five Stanley trees. Um, <laughs> uh, I do think that it was not like a funny episode or anything, but it right. really hit a lot of emotional beats that I thought was, yeah. um, yeah. it, it felt good as like a fan of the show to yeah, see. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like this episode would not float as well to people who are just coming into the office. No, no. There's, not, there's not like just a lot of plain jokes. You know, right. that are just there for for humor but it it was done well yeah i think i think i'm also going to go ahead and give it a, a 4.5 um satellite tv bills on a five <laughs> uh yeah i also think it was a really good episode i think like it shows in like i feel like we had a really smooth discussion about it it was really it was really interesting. A lot of little things happening, but yeah, it was a bit slow with the Michael and Dwight storyline. So, and it was also a bit longer too. The episode yeah. was thirty, yeah, it was minutes, like 30 on minutes on Netflix instead of yeah. The next one's also twenty or twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, what does that bring our? All right, so that brings our official threat level podcast score to four point two five. I guess what the score was. Oh. I got it. I got it. Random. <laughs> uh, random sex hookups for cocaine with Stanley Tree on satellite TV. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wait, the sex is with Stanley Tree? I'd watch that show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Isn't that just a show you watch already, Madison? No. Easy. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that's fan fiction she writes. Oh, right. Office that's fiction. what she's really doing all day. Awesome. 
Well, I guess that brings us to the end of the episode discussion then. So thanks everyone for listening up to this point. If you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up at TL underscore PCAST on Twitter. For a random sex hookup. <laughs> for a random sex hookup, hit Madison up at <laughs> ML underscore Ux. <laughs> I did that wrong. But, uh, <laughs> ML underscore VCAST. <laughs> or you can send us an email on, at uh, threatlevelpodcast at gmail.com yeah so thanks and farewell <laughs> and <laughs> and what does that bring us to Madison? I don't know it feels like we're already there <laughs> <laughs> threat level podcast after dark okay. although it's go. not after dark right now Nope. Nearly. What is it like? Two hours outside. until dark, basically. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sun puts as much effort into its job during the winter as I do. <laughs> not much, or <laughs> not much. <laughs> Just not even getting up there into the sky. Do you also clock out at like four? <laughs> yeah. Well, if Mentally. the sun doesn't have to work, nor do I. <laughs> um. What have you guys been listening to, watching, reading? doing lately that you'd like to shout out for today are you there still uh, <laughs> i was like wait there's Ma- madison went to get something so oh yeah. is she getting her shout out uh yeah yeah she's getting her shout out <laughs> uh jamie why don't you kick us off oh yeah mr oh, sh- lasty uh, okay um Let's see. Well, one thing I've I'm been back. checking sorry, out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So one thing, one thing I've been checking out is the podcast that you shouted out, um, Justin, a, a few weeks ago or last week. I can't remember. Conversations with people who hate me. Yeah, yeah. I've been checking that out, and I've really been enjoying that. Um, but what thing have I been watching? Did you listen past the first episode? I think I've been listening to the most recent and going backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you listened past the first episode? No. Oh. <laughs> last couple, Zero overlap. Yeah, the last couple ones have been pretty... Have been, oh, maybe I didn't watch them, listen to them recently. Well, the one I've listened to most recently was published on August 7th, so I think I have been listening backwards. Hmm. But yeah, it was. Um, I think it's, it's pretty interesting just to like hear people approach the point from different, different perspectives and talk about it. I think it's pretty cool. Um... But in terms of something new that I've been checking out, um, I have to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rewatching Black Mirror because I Ooh. think season four is going to be up soon. Oh my goodness. Pretty. Sorry. Whose 2005 phone was that? Uh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I was don't was that the entertainer? <laughs> I actually don't think I've been checking out anything new that I can shout out. So I'll defer to someone else, and then if something comes to mind, I'll let you know. Uh, okay, I'll go. Um, I'll go. Buy you guys some time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this is, like, not new in the slightest. Okay. Uh, but I have been... So I, I don't think I've done anything, any sites like this yet. I haven't. Um, so... I'll shout out uh, OpenCourseWare, which is hmm. um, MIT's free online classes kind of oh. thing. 
so I know MIT has open courseware. Harvard has one that I'm blanking on the name for. Um, I'm pretty sure like Berkeley has some online. That might be wrong. But <laughs> a lot of colleges, for some reason, are putting like video, like the, all the class materials online. So like all the video lectures, like handouts involved. <laughs> they'll have like assignments on it and stuff. Uh, I don't know the the business angle of that. I think it might be to like when you're done with the class, you'll feel like, well, I've already done the class. I might as well buy the like the certificate program yeah. um, and verify that. But uh, the fact that like so many colleges are doing it makes me think that there is some sort of. I mean, there has to be a business angle of it. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, yes to draw you yeah most likely yeah exactly to draw you to actually taking courses at the university but yeah so there's um to specifically i've been i've been going through the uh it's 6.0002 it's introduction to computational thinking and data science Ooh. um which is a really cool course on like just how computers think um how t how like like, why does this algorithm take a really long time to run? Or, like, you know, if you're searching for an optimal solution to this problem, here's how you would program that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and the professors are, like, super cool on it, as I hope most MIT professors are. Yeah. Because they are at MIT. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there are probably some stuffy folks there, but... Yeah. That's cool. Very nice. Hmm... Um, my shout out for this week is a book that I finished reading this past week. Um, it's called 180 Seconds. And what? Oh, yeah, I just remember that. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> it's this, it's really kind of a cool concept. This girl who she's really, really introverted. She's kind of, um, she's had some past traumas in her life. Um, grew up in the foster care system kind of. Thing. Um, she is in college and she doesn't really have any friends. She likes to just kind of keep to herself. And she was walking through town one day and she got pulled into this um, social project experiment that was going on. And she didn't like, there wasn't really a good way for her to get out of it. So she kind of just ended up doing it. And the whole like project was to just sit at a table and you stared into the eyes of a complete stranger for 180 oh seconds. Uh, and no. you did, there was no touching, no talking. No. Um, just yeah. just staring um, and at the end of this it's like the the guy um, ends up like being you know the, the man she falls in love with like they have this like, really like emotional reaction with each other <laughs> and it, it's just it's a really good story it deals with it deals with the foster care system it deals with um, cancer um, like having cancer at a really young age mm -hmm. it deals with um, being like adopted by um somebody when you're when you're in, in your late teens and kind of not really knowing how to like look at them as a parent even though like legally they they are your parent at that point um and it, it also has deals with a lot of the ways that um you can use social media to like find the good in people and to mm -hmm. to use it to have like because the the one the the guy in the story um He's like a big um, Twitter star kind of thing, and he uses his Twitter account to get, like get people to do things in the community to help each other out, and so it, it focuses a lot on that. So there's like a lot going on in it, but it was it was a really good story. I was crying at several points while reading it, like very emotional, very good story. Cool. Um, so 
in the book, do the 180 seconds happen, like, at the beginning of the book, and then it's like, well, hi, my name's Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sort of. They happen at the beginning of the book, and it freaks her out, and she runs away, but then she ends up, like, meeting up with him again later on afterwards, and then it also, like, it ends in the same way with with 180 seconds for a second time. Um, Hmm. yeah. And then it undoes everything. No. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I recommend it. If you have Kindle Unlimited like I do, you can read it for free. Nice. Cool. Do they bring up the 180 seconds like throughout the book? A couple of times, but not... I mean, yeah, I guess there is kind of... It kind of is brought up a couple of times because like that's kind of how everything gets started. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. I'll give a shout out to a podcast called uh, Heavyweight. I don't know if it's been shouted out on this podcast, but um, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. I don't see it. Uh, it's um, <clears throat> it's it's done by uh, Jonathan Goldstein, who's like who's worked on uh, This American Life, and people from This American Life they're like the masters of storytelling. Like they they're <laughs> so good at telling stories. It's just yeah, like some of the best stories ever told. And um. So is this the podcast you were listening to a couple days ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th- this podcast is about uh people going like things happening in the past and then people are uh, revisiting those events to try to like process them or set them right. Okay. And uh I I recommend starting with the second episode which is called uh, Gregor. It's about a guy named Gregor and he um Gregor's he, like from Metamorphosis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Gregor, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just recalling. Uh, <laughs> do you remember what happened to me in high school with that, Madison? Yeah, you didn't read any of it. <laughs> I didn't read any of it. We had to write a paper on it. In the paper, I wrote his name as Carl Samsa. <laughs> And it was too, it was it was AP English. It was our favorite teacher. And then afterwards, I had to go back to him and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I had like the biggest brain fart." And I wrote, I wrote Carl instead of Gregor. I'm so sorry. And she was just kind of like, mm-hmm, uh, "I'm sure you did. Uh-huh. I'm sure you read this book." That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. So this podcast episode about Gregor. Well. You know, your story, you can actually, like, be on the podcast. You can go oh, back and talk to your English teacher yeah. to <laughs> set things right about it. Yeah. So, yeah, so Gregor, he, um, he knew the musician Moby before Moby became famous. And he uh, uh, let Moby borrow this uh, box set of CDs called, uh, I think it's called Sounds of the South. And Moby used uh, a couple of the songs on that CD... And he like sampled them, and he and the songs that he sampled, those are the ones that made him that made Moby famous, rich and famous. Mm-hmm. And so now Gregor, he he kind of has a chip on his shoulder about it, and he wants to get those CDs back from Moby. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so like they, just because he never returned them, like he was only supposed to borrow them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not upset that Moby's famous. He just wants his dance CDs. Yeah, back. yeah. So he doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't approach it by thinking that he should have a claim in his money. No, he? no, no. He, he just okay. wants the CDs back. <laughs> like that'd be a bit extreme. To be yeah. Fair. 
And it makes for a really good story, and um, yeah. And I've watched, I listened to a couple of the other episodes, and they're also really good. Yeah, and I think there are like a fifteen of them now. So, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll have to check. I'm glad that, that you. I'm glad that you prefaced it by saying like the people from This American Life are like master storytellers because the story is this guy wants his CDs back. <laughs> it, it, it does make for a good story. Like it's, it's uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I also have a second shout out. Oh. Yeah. Rain yourself in. Here. Okay. Yeah, but it'll be it'll be quick. <laughs> it, it's for a podcast called uh, the Polybius Conspiracy, it's spelled a uh, P O L Y B I U S conspiracy. It's about this um, mysterious arcade game that showed up. Oh yeah, the Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. And huh. like all, I'll, I'll just mention the name of the podcast and just leave it at that. It's seven <laughs> episodes. Is it like a complete, like, after seven episodes, the story's done? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so uh, that's all I'll say about it. It's it, it's it's a good listen. Yeah. Very all cool. right. Pretty tantalizing, huh? Yes. <laughs> I just want to go listen to it right now. Huh? I do. I let's do. not get a Christmas tree today. Yeah, yeah let's, let's listen, listen to the Polybius conspiracy. <laughs> we'll listen to it instead of Christmas music while we're putting it. There the you tree. go. Thank you. Thank you, Madison. That's Thank not you. actually going <laughs> So I did remember something that I watched that was new that I could shout out. It's a show called Zumbo's Just Desserts on Netflix. So Z-U-M-B-O <laughs> Just Desserts. And so they, uh, it's quite similar to um, the format of it is similar to the Great British Bake Show where you have like a certain number of people, like 10 say, and then it's whittled down each week. And you have, I think there are even three tests. But it's... Is it a British a, show? It's an Australian show. Oh. Okay. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. No, so it's yeah. cool because you have the accent and it's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's cool. The The only difference really is that it's it's a little less laid back and like sweet than, um, than I would say for the other one. But for the rest of it, it's kind of quite, it's quite similar. Uh, and of course, this one only focuses on desserts, whereas um, for uh, The Great British Bake Show, you also have sometimes like savory stuff mm -hmm. i yeah. just want you to know that i was going to add zumba's just desserts to netflix and i typed in zmu and one of the options that came up was zombievers a show about <laughs> zombie beavers <laughs> <laughs> oh we, we gotta put that on our list. Uh, there you go that could oh, it's, it's actually a movie not a show okay. um, <laughs> but we're oh, not man. watching that <laughs> Cool. Well, I suppose that brings us to the end. It does indeed. Cool. So again, uh, it was fun. Let's do yeah. it again sometime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll do it again sometime. So yeah, um, feel free to uh, get in touch with us. Twitter is tl underscore pcast or an, an email threatlepcast threatlepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, and <laughs> next time we will be talking about the merger. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Farewell. <laughs>